Welcome to Misunderstandings of the Mind podcast, episode one. Today I had a great conversation with Claire Schutz. Claire is a master transformative coach and three principles practitioner, certified master transformative coach and former apprentice of Michael Neal. Claire was my mentor on Supercoach and she had such a profound impact on me and our coaching together that it really gave me a different perspective of life and I experienced her as as really grounded and to the point where it made me question my own reality And and the mentoring I had with Claire was really powerful and that's why she was the ideal person you know that I thought of first to be episode one on my podcast so we had a great conversation about how reality is created and you know how we all have different perspectives of life and you know how the mind works really so I hope you all get something out of it and look forward to hearing your feedback Welcome to Misunderstandings of the Mind podcast, the space where we explore common misunderstandings of how life works, allowing us to gain new perspectives on health, wealth, relationships, and much more. Life doesn't have to be hard work. It can be a flowing collection of experiences if we learn some simple truths about how our experience is created. Through this understanding, we realize that at a fundamental level, we are all already whole and perfect. Hi, Claire. Welcome. Hello, to, Jason. Welcome to Misunderstandings of the Mind podcast, episode one. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me to join you. Ah, I've been really looking forward to having this conversation with you. So, what was life like before finding this understanding? Um, well, I was born with something called cerebral palsy, which, is, which affects my walking. And so that, from a, quite a young age, I think caused me to look below the surface of life. And um, I learnt when I was around 17 that um, thought and experience were linked. But what I didn't understand was the nature of experience and how it's created. I was very aware of my feelings and I used to use them to navigate my world and I was a really big warrior and I'd try and figure out things from that place of worry and believing that you could find the answers from that place and if I didn't have the answer I just need to, needed to kind of worry harder and that actually the more I was worrying <clears throat> that worried state was actually an indication of how much I cared so, um, and, that it, and it meant that I was being responsible. And um, I once actually worried myself into burnout um, through um, this complete misunderstanding of what my feelings were telling me. Wow. What, what, when you say burnout, what, what, what do you, what would you, how would you explain that? I basically got into such a worried state that I couldn't make any decisions anymore at all. I was unable. I got to a place where it was very hard for me to make a decision or function properly. Um, and um, I got by, I got um, glandular fever. And then as a result of that, I got um, what was called um, 
depression, what was diagnosed as depression. And they were all, I can see very clearly now, it was all as a result of literally just worrying myself into, the, into that place. Yeah. And as I said before, it was due to a misunderstanding, literally, of what those worried feelings were telling me. Yeah. And did that go on for quite a while? Um, it was for, I think, it, it, it took a number of months to recover. Yeah. But, but it hasn't happened since. It hasn't happened since. And with, and with what I understand about the world now, um, I know it will never happen again. Because the way I relate to my thinking is completely different from how I used to relate to it then. Yeah. My understanding of the nature of thought is completely different. My understanding of the nature of reality is completely different. Yeah. So like, what is the, what is the most common misunderstanding or the biggest misunderstanding of, of how life or experience is created? I think the most common misunderstanding is the source of our experience. So most people think the world is happening to them and they're reacting to what's happening. So, um, but that's not actually how it works. How it actually works is that experience is created from the inside out via thought. And that we're, we're not, people think that they're like a camera, like just taking a picture of the world and then reacting to that. But actually we're not cameras at all, we're projecting we are projectors and we, we project our um, experience onto the world and then that becomes our reality. And that's why it's possible for um, 10 people to witness the same event and have a completely different experience of what happened. Hmm. If we were all experiencing the same thing and just responding to it, everyone would have the same thinking and feelings about an event. But actually there are as many experiences as there are people because we all live in our separate own thought-created realities. And, um, you know, the, when someone first told me about this, it kind of seemed like a, um, like a really good concept or an idea. Gosh, that sounds like a good idea. Yes, I'm a projector, not a camera. Hmm, that sounds good. <laughs> but the thing about this is that it has to be kind of experienced um, in order to be appreciated. And, and so when someone first, first suggested this to me, I kind of went out and said, gosh, can I see, is that actually true for me? Am I creating my experience through my thinking moment to moment? What, what can I actually see about that? And um, so the change, and the change comes from a kind of insightful seeing of what's true. It's, um, and, it, and what's really, really cool about it is that once you notice it and see what's happening, experientially you can't kind of unsee it so it's a bit like um there's those puzzles which are kind of flat you open a book and it's a flat puzzle flat picture and you move it and then you see at some point you'll see there's a 3d image within the within the picture yeah. and then if you close the book every time you open the book to that page you'll always see the 3d image so you can't unsee what's been seen you might forget you might get caught up but you can't, you can't fundamentally forget it. And the thing is that it's, it's kind of a change in a level of consciousness which needs to be seen from within. And as soon as you get even a glimpse of it, your reality starts to change. It's, um, it's just a very, it's a super cool thing. Yeah. I, 
it's for me funnily it's like when when things happen you know it's kind of like i always know that it's a, that it's a, an experience of that i'm experiencing my thinking but there are times when it looks really real that it's kind of like no if something just like this didn't happen or if this wasn't a, a, you know a thing in my life then i wouldn't feel this way you know and it really and it really looks that way you know and and I, and, and the people that i speak to you know some certain experiences kind of look as if if they didn't exist the way they did, that they wouldn't be having the experience that they did, you know, and, and, and I can really identify with, having, with with that in my life too, you know, where, I, where I, maybe I forget for a minute or it just looks that it's not that way, you know. Um, so what's, what, what changed, you know, what, when you found this understanding, you know, um, you know, what has changed for you in your life and, and what's the biggest differences that you've noticed? So I live in a completely different reality. <laughs> Basically, before I was really kind of serious, quite intense and very anxious. And I called that being realistic. And in, in essence, I was kind of preoccupied with my thinking. Um, I was hardly, I wasn't really present with other people because I was so busy up in my head trying to work things out. And thinking and so preoccupied by my feelings and how my feelings were telling me something really important and were data about the world outside me. And it left me, I mean, I was, all this was invisible to me. All this was completely innocent. And as I said, I just thought that I was being realistic. Yeah. And it's a complete misunderstanding. It's a complete misunderstanding and it's very, very common. And as I said, <clears throat> completely innocent. And, and what now, now my life is so different. Now I'm much happier, much more relaxed, much more present. I have a daily experience of being connected to the world outside me in a meaningful way. Before, I used to really want connection with others and happiness and peace of mind. But they were kind of things that I aimed for that I thought were really kind of fleeting experiences for me and really kind of hard to actually access. But nowadays they're much more the norm, and um, and, it, and it, it yeah. So and and I and I'm a coach. I've been a coach for a long time, and I before I used to say to my clients, change your thoughts and your life will change, and that is true. But changing your thoughts is really hard work, and actually quite difficult to do. But now instead of that, I I will say to my clients, you kind of understand the nature of thought. And through that understanding, everything changes. Yeah, that's such a powerful understanding, isn't it? Something you said really struck me when you said that you used to strive for um, connection, you know, with people. And, and, and that was something that happened like fleetingly, but now it's more the norm, you know. And it was like, I think that like most people that I work with, they're all they all think that those things exist outside of themselves you know that they have this list and it may be something like happiness security joy contentment connection you know all, all, all the feelings that are only available in the moment exist somewhere over there and when they only get x y or z or lose weight or gain money or get a new relationship or whatever it is that they will have those um feelings you know can you can you say a bit more about that because that seems to be like really common in people that they all think that like th those feelings that are only available in the moment are, are available at some other point or some other place you know in life yeah 
I think that's a that's a really good um, description of what I would call um, outside in. In other words, that our happiness, well-being, and good feelings are dependent on what is happening to us in the outside world. So, as you said, when I'm rich enough, fit enough, thin enough, this enough, that enough. I mean, it's an endless list. Then I'll be happy. And that is, from my perspective, a misunderstanding about the true source of happiness. So um, I, I believe that, that there's nothing to fix. And, that, we're, um, and, and that, that the idea that there is something to, to fix is essentially a misunderstanding of our true nature and also about the nature of experience and how it's created. Um, I think that we are at our essence, spiritual beings having a human experience. And that we have innate well-being and resilience and that we're connected to an intelligence behind life that is responsive to our needs in the moment. It's like having our own internal GPS system. You can call it gut instinct, you can call it intuition, but it's something that's there that will guide us, you know, if we choose to listen to it. But we're, we're, um, we're, we have free will, so we get, we get to choose whether or not to listen to it or not. But that doesn't mean that it's not still there. And from my experience of working with people, the more people get a sense of the fact that, that it's not just them, that they're connected to something bigger than themselves, that, that they cannot be not connected, and that they are whole and perfect the more kind of beautiful and simpler their lives become. It's really hard work. If you think it's all on you and that everything is down to how hard you work, how, how well you do, how, you know, I, I just down to you. That, but I used to be like that. And that is really, really hard work. What I've come to notice is that I'm not saying that, that we should sit back and do nothing in any way. But what I've, what I've come to realize is that Things will come to me, things will occur to me to do, and I kind of follow that. And then as I follow that and do what occurs to me to do, a bit like you doing this podcast, mm -hmm. this occurred to you, and it's a, a beautiful vision. I, I love the vision you have for this and, and, and the way in which you're help, hoping that it will help others. So that vision, that idea came to you, and you're following through on that with what makes sense to you to do. So, you know, you're setting up the podcast, you're asking people to take, to, to take part. And along with that, there's also kind of, more than just what you're doing that's kind of coming together to make it happen. Yeah. And to me, that's a, that's a really wonderful place for people to start to look and understand the fact that they're whole perfect. They have inner resilience. They have innate well-being, And they're connected to an intelligence that's responsive in the moment. What a beautiful thing to know. Yeah. And... Um... A bit of a curveball question just came to me, you know, and it's it, it's because um, I spent a long time in the world of personal development, you know, and, and um, what do you say, like, from your perspective, or even if you have a perspective of that, that personal development in, in most of its forms kind of, um, what's the word, strengthens the belief that life is outside in rather than inside out, you know, that, like, you need to... And you, or you can achieve X, Y, and Z, and then you will get happiness. You should write a book. You should start a business. You should lose weight. You know, all personal development in my, in my what I've seen seems to point towards doing more, achieving more, getting more in order to feel more. You know, um, I would say that 
that that is also true from my um, experience as well. And again, I think it's a misunderstanding. If we're innately whole and perfect, then there's nothing to fix. Why would there be personal development? <laughs> so it just kind of, it kind of doesn't, mis- doesn't, doesn't make sense to me. But, um, because, but on the other hand, um, connecting with the kind of the bigger totality of our nature totally makes sense to me. Yeah. Connecting to the fact that, oh gosh, the oneness and interconnectedness of all things, if that doesn't sound too kind of wafty, really, really makes sense to me. Because I, you know, for me to say, for me to say that there's nothing to fix, having cerebral palsy, which for most people would be seen as quite a big disability, is kind of a profound statement for some people. But I truly, truly believe that I was, that, that I, I was born this way and it's the perfect path for me. I've learned so much from it. As, as I said at the very beginning, from a very young age, it's caused me to look um, kind of more deeply below the surface into the nature of life and experience than I might have done otherwise. And I, and I see it as my biggest tool for growth spiritual growth that is and for me spiritual growth is very different from personal development it's not just semantics to me it's just a it's just a very different orientation yeah so you know if if people could see just like because you know you can talk about like you said before you know you could say that um, oh yeah thought creates experience that sounds like a great concept you know it's kind of like and 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 in my experience when i say that to people most people take a minute and they go yeah i can see that to be true you know but like they don't see it you know they understand it like cognitively and it kind of makes sense but they don't get they don't have any insight or it doesn't it doesn't change anything in their lives you know so if there was one thing, you know, like one small thing that they could really see, you know, like something that may make a tangible or noticeable difference, you know, what would that be? You know, where would people look? Gosh, that's a difficult question to answer because for me, my experience is that it's different for every person. That one thing is different for every person. But to look to the nature of experience is a really good place to start. Like to look to the nature of experience. How is, how is it our experience formed moment to moment? Well, the way I see it at the moment, and, and this could change, but the way I see it at the moment is that we live in a, we live in a world that's, that's created through our thinking. That thinking is by its very nature formless. You can't pick up a thought like you can pick up a cup in your hand. And um, it's transitory. And it's illusory. You can't see it. So what happens is the way we can have an experience of our thinking is that our thinking goes through our sensory system, which is a, essentially the best 3D special effects department in the world. If you imagine going to Hollywood and, and you went into this place and, and basically every single thought you have moment by moment is brought to life. The special effects department of, of your consciousness or awareness doesn't go, oh, we won't give... Um, Claire or won't give Jason an experience of that because that might make him feel bad or something like that. It doesn't judge. It just gives you an experience of everything you're thinking physically. You sense it. And thought and the senses together form our experience, form our reality. And the thing is that people don't understand the connection 
to the two. And so they'll go, they'll have a thought and then they have a, a corresponding feeling because of what I just explained, because thought and feeling come together. But they go, ah, you see, I feel it. It must be true. And they think that feelings and thoughts are separate. And they think that I used to be like this. This is, this is, one, this is why I got into such a kind of a place of, of worry and overwhelm when, before I understood this. Because as I said, I was very sensitive. So I had a lot of feelings. And I really thought those feelings were data about the outside world. And they were telling me that my thinking was correct. I didn't understand, and again, this is a misunderstanding. I didn't understand that my feelings were actually telling me about the clarity of my thinking in the moment. They were kind of a barometer for the clarity of my thinking. And so they weren't telling me to take action. <laughs> they were telling me where I was at, how clear I was, how much reality I was actually seeing, how clouded my perception was. And that small understanding that way of navigating my feelings has changed everything for me. That was the, well, not everything, but that was one of the very, very beginning things. So nowadays, it's not that, it's not that we kind of, we live in a system, we live in a thought created system that we can't escape. Like that is our psychological operating system that we are stuck with while we're alive. So we can't, we can't escape it, but we can understand it. And with understanding the way we navigate it changes. So now that I understand the connection between thought and feeling, and now I understand that my feelings are telling me about the clarity of my thinking in the moment, not about data about the world, and that the compelling feeling that I have is to take action is not telling me to take action in the way in, by doing something in the world. It's actually telling me to take a breath and see that I'm, I'm not in as clear a place as I could be in that moment. And that in itself is profoundly helpful. Yeah. I think I read a, a quote that said that something along the lines of your thoughts are only ever a measure of how clear your current thinking is. Uh, your feelings are only ever a measure of how clear your current thoughts are, you know? And it's like, and, I, and that always comes to my mind when I'm in some feeling of insecurity or doubt or, you know, uncertainty about what's going on, you know, it's kind of like rather than looking to change the circumstances, you know, it's kind of like, oh, I've got some insecure thinking going on, you know, and, and realize that there's nothing to do from there, you know, that it just passes and a new thought will be along in a moment. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so you just answered your own question. Yeah, I did. <laughs> in, a, in a very beautiful way. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what, like, one of the big things that people always ask is like, especially if, you know, and I don't want to get into an intellectual debate, but like it often, like when people hear that at a cognitive level, like I said before about, oh yeah, thought creates reality, you know, they always go for like the, the, the traumatic or tragic events in life, you know, what about trauma? What about abuse? You know, because people that I've worked with, particularly with addictions are um you know often have had experiences of of abuse of trauma of um horrific um you know situations that they've been in and and they and and like they always go for the oh that that must be that is a negative event you know it's kind of like what what how did how does that work for people so i hope this isn't too controversial controversial if I say this and and it's not in any way demeaning people's experience yeah. but this is just an explanation so basically trauma 
is a memory carried through time. It's a memory of an event that happened in the past. And because every thought we have carries a feeling, the same is true with trauma. So trauma is a memory with very, very strong special effects. Hmm. And every time you think of that event, you will feel the feelings that happened that you from that time. That's how it works. It doesn't matter whether it's a thought about the past, a thought about the present, or a thought about the future. Every thought you have creates a feeling. And so traumatic events have very, very, very strong feelings. And with an understanding of, of what you and I have been talking about, it basically means that when you have that, those feelings, when those feelings come to you and you have some kind of, remember I said this is experiential, this is not cognitive. Mm. So you can't think your way. I wish, <laughs> but you can't think your way into it. But if people see any, I've worked with clients who've got a sense of the fact that even though they've had a very traumatic past, past event happen to them, and even though every time they think about it, it still feels just like it's happening right now. When they start to get a glimpse of the relationship between thought and feeling and how experience is created, they can navigate those feelings in a different way. And they're not as scary. They're not as kind of overwhelming. So if I talk about, I, I, I haven't had a, a, a massively traumatic event happen to me in my life, but if I talk about um, the time when I had depression, so without this understanding, every time I got low mood thinking, which I do still sometimes get from time to time, without this understanding, I could, I could be going, oh no, here it comes again. Oh my God, here I go. And I could literally think myself into that place once again. I can imagine that by, by kind of delving more and more into it. I'd have thinking, I'd feel scared, which would create more thinking, which would create more feelings. And I could see how I could go down that path again. But what happens is if I have low mood thinking, which is a part of our everyday experience for every human being, kind of our, the quality of our experience fluctuates throughout the day. So we'll have different moods throughout the day. That's normal. Um, if I have low mood feeling, I, uh, thinking, I understand that. So rather than thinking into it and making something out of it and making it bigger, I kind of understand the nature of thought, as you said before, and I understand that it varies in quality and that it passes, it's transitory, if we leave it alone mm. and we don't try and make something bigger out of it. So for someone who has trauma, an understanding, a glimpse of this understanding will enable them to relate to those feelings, those traumatic feelings in a slightly different way. And that, that I have found with my clients in itself is very beneficial. So that the experience doesn't have them so much in such a kind of gripping way. Does that make sense to you, Jason? Yeah. I was, I was relating it to my own experience and, and you know, because I, my, traumatic event was the, was the loss of my dad you know as a kid and and I carried that story with me and I was thinking about like <clears throat> you know when you get clear on on how the mind works when you when you see that misunderstanding there's so much more, for me there was so much more surrounding that you know the story that I created around the thought you know that the being a victim you know the child victim of you know like I was that was how I was 
introduced myself or said who I was. You know, I was the child who whose dad died in an accident, and and as a consequence of that, I spent my life with addictions and trying to fix that. You know, and it was kind of I always had that all that story and all that created reality around that traumatic event. But as soon as I realized how my experience of life was created, that story seemed to fall away, and I no longer like identified myself in the same way, even though I was still somebody who experienced a traumatic event as a child it's kind of no longer i don't i don't connect the dots anymore you know it was something that happened you know i sometimes have some feelings about it but it 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 really freed me from that you know from that story It, it was like i kept it was almost like i kept it alive you know it was almost like that that kept me connected to that event you know and 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 free and i guess I didn't really see the freedom from it, you know, until I had that experience of, of realizing that it was, it was the thought that was creating the experience about the past rather than the experience creating the feelings that I was having, you know? Yeah. You know, the, the source of trauma is always in the mind, but it plays out in the body. So in other words, it comes from the mind that we feel it in our body. And I love what you said. I love what you just said about your dad. Yeah. And I love the freedom. I could literally hear the freedom that happened for you as that opened up and changed. Yeah, because even even 30, 35 years later, I was still experiencing like overwhelming feelings about the event, you know, and, it, and, and, and it wasn't like a conscious choice where I just thought, oh yeah, my, like you said, it's not, it's not cognitive. It wasn't like, oh yeah, my thoughts creating my feelings. That means I don't have to feel this way anymore. It was just like, you know, when I asked before about if there was one thing that I could see, for me, it was about seeing the stickiness of thought that like one day if I was in a low mood, the same event would feel different to the next day. If I was in a good mood, it wouldn't feel like too much of a, of a problem. And that was what made me question, you know, everything that like, oh, this is dependent on, on my mood, you know, like it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't mean the same thing. And um, I think that was the same with the trauma that the, the feelings of overwhelm just dissipated as I, as as more th- as I had more insights and you know it became more clear to me how I was creating my feelings in the moment. You know? yeah. Insight, which is essentially a fancy word for new thinking, <laughs> just in case anyone's wondering what that means, um, changes everything. It changes everything. New thought changes everything, and with one insight, you can. You can your whole consciousness and awareness can shift, and so can your whole reality. It's an amazing system. I yeah. love the design, the, the yeah. simplicity of it. And, and and the best thing I always tell people about insight is is that you don't have to write it down, and you don't have to remember it, and you don't have to you don't have to remind yourself of it every day. It's just like once you see it, it's like you can't forget it. You know, it's yours. It's there. Because you, I think, like Sid Bank says, you know, insight, a sight from inside. It's like something that, something that you see that's already within you. It's not something that somebody's given you. There's no tips or tricks or special ways of having it. It's just something that you see that's already true for you. You know. Yeah, and the idea of of looking within and everything you need being within you already is is not new. It's to be found in many many different spiritual traditions, and for me, that's really comforting because i think if it exists in many different places then it must be pointing to something that's true yeah yeah absolutely um 
So, like, in the bigger picture of life, you know, like, what what could this understanding, you know, what could, like, you know, this common misunderstanding of how life's created for so many people, you know, spills out into wars and uh, and politics and all sorts of ways, you know. So it's kind of like, you know, have if this understood if this understanding could be taught or could be more mainstream, you know, what difference would it make, you know? What, I know that's a huge question, but like, what what looks what looks like it, a difference it would make? Well, I think it's a fundamental shift in understanding and and experience that changes everything. Um, I've worked in many different, you know, I'm lucky enough to work in many different environments. So I've worked in businesses, I've worked with schools, I've worked with young people, I've worked with charitable organisations, um, and right across the board. An understanding, this understanding has profound effect to um, revolutionize a whole environment. There have been um, experiences where I've gone into companies and they've been struggling to try and solve a problem. And they've been doing it from work, trying to worry about it and try and solve it kind of from the level of consciousness at which it was created. And, um, and then they've seen something new from this from this understanding, and suddenly from a clearer place, the um, answers have become very, very obvious very, very quickly. There was once a company that I was working with that had been struggling with the problem for seven years, and within a couple of hours, they'd solved it. And the reason they solved it is because they let go of the way in which they had seen it and saw something new. And it was a very magical experience for them all. But I don't think that's uncommon with people who work in this way. Um, I've worked in a school in South London, um, which has had a lot of children being um, excluded. And um, I went in with a colleague and basically we worked with some of the most disruptive children in one of the year groups. And with this understanding about the nature of experience, that year group went from being one of the most underperforming to the second from top. Um, I mean, I have so, so many different examples, but the thing is that, um, as I said before, there are so many people who misunderstand the nature of experience and misunderstand their own true nature and are walking around thinking, as you said, that, that, they need, that they're essentially broken, that there's something that need to, needs to be fixed. And that's why the personal development world is such a big, big business. But actually, when people see that that's just not true, that that's a thought-created illusion, and when they see that that when they see their true nature, the fact that they have in a in a as I said before, that they have kind of resilience, they have inner wisdom, they have um, everything they need moment to moment, their life changes. Wow. Yeah, that's so profound, you know. There's there's so much on offer, you know. And 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 the one thing that came yeah. to me when you were talking was that like it's so powerful and and like proven, you know, that so that massive changes happen in in schools, in businesses, you know, and and in the wider world, you know, if they're exposed to this understanding, you know, there's so much potential for change. So I guess my, my last question would be like, what, what's the resistance? You know, what, what, what is the resistance from people? 
misunderstanding <laughs> I that's what occurs to me to say people resist things when they don't understand them which makes the name of this podcast perfect right <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> cool okay brilliant thank you very much Claire that was amazing I love that conversation thank you so much Jason for inviting me to, to have it with you it's been wonderful yeah.